Welcome to Lessons from the Helpful Dead, where you'll learn the world is not what it seems and you are much more than you think you are. Here you'll learn about positive and reassuring messages from supposedly dead people whose main purpose is to help us. Find out what happens after we die, why we're here, how we got here, where we're going, and discover that you are really a powerful eternal spirit. I'm Dan McEnany. This is the first episode of 2024, and I'm happy to announce that all of the early sessions uh, from the original introduction right on through uh, the current episodes, they're now available on whatever site you might be listening to this podcast. The important point there is that unless you can listen to and understand the early sessions where I present the evidence that's been handed to us by responsible people for life after death, it might be difficult to comprehend some of the later sessions. On another subject, some people have inquired about uh, getting some of my books. If you, if you look at the preview of the podcast on your screen there, You'll see a description, and then at the bottom it might say, See More, so click that. And down at the bottom of the preview, there is a link that you can use to get to all of my books. That link is Amazon.com slash author slash Dan McEnany, D-A-N-M-C-A-N-E-N-Y. That's Amazon.com slash author slash Dan McEnany, D-A-N-M-C-A-N-E-N-Y. There are 13 books there, but the ones that you would be interested in would be the following. The first is the basic book, the large book, that carefully presents all of the evidence, and it is titled, You Are Bigger Than All Your Deaths. You Are Bigger Than All Your Deaths. And I revi- that's a 2015 revision of uh, the earlier book. Now, in 2015, I also realized that most people won't read a big book. So I wrote a group of smaller books on specific subjects. I started with the 2075 movement, which has a lot of positive messages about our future as a human race. In 2016, I wrote... Christ was not crucified, thank God. So let's stop shortchanging Jesus, God, and ourselves. The message there is that Christ's basic message was, be like me, not worship me. He had to use the Son of God reference so that the Jews at the time would understand. Um, They had a belief in Yahweh, their God that protected them in battles and war. But Christ's motive was to move them beyond that into a much larger idea of who and what God really is. Next, I wrote, We Are All Tourists, and that's perhaps the most reassuring book of the bunch because it makes the point that we are all spirits who never die, and we simply, outside of the time and space illusion that we're in, we simply keep on sampling different universes of our own choosing. In 2017, I wrote The Only Five Things You Need to Know, a a simplified, direct explanation of a number of the things we cover here. The book, It's Spirit, Stupid, Not Matter, uh, was uh, written in 2018. 
and it explains that consciousness creates matter, not the other way around. Also in 2018, there was uh, the ego has landed. The point there being that our egos are now sufficiently strong and sufficiently confident in its own place within the greater self that we can now begin to become aware of other realities. Then the last book I wrote in 2019, The Jokes on All of Us, uh, that is about the fact that we live in a very close-in, focused reality for certain purposes, but there are plenty of other realities, and we can co-create, or rather we do co-create what we experience. And it also talks about three potential major developments as we advance over the coming decades and begin to realize our true power. Now, with 102 episodes already completed, this is probably a good time at the start of the year to very briefly review uh, what we've accomplished so far in very general terms. I'll be brief about it. I started out by offering the evidence for the survival of the human personality. And while I included a number of people, I'll describe just a handful of them here. Probably the best proof of the survival of the personality after death was from the airmen who would not die. They all died in 1930 in a crash of the 1,000-foot dirigible that England had. It was supposed to go to India, but instead crashed in France. In the months following the crash, the airmen, several of them who did die in, in that crash, now for a number of weeks they spoke through Eileen Garrett England's leading psychic at the time, highly respected in government and social circles, and she had exposed a number of fraudulent psychics, and she was highly respected throughout England. Through her, the airman gave so many technical details about the things that needed to be changed in the second airship, if it were to be flown. They gave so many details that the information could only have come from them. They cautioned that if these changes were not made, the second ship should never be launched because it too would crash in any bad weather. Their full story was covered in a book by John Fuller called The Airmen Who Would Not Die, and it contains page after page of the technical information they provided. And so, it remains in my opinion, the best proof of the survival of the personality after death. Another personality covered was Raymond Lodge. He died in 2015 in World War I, and his input is especially interesting because it shows how his perceptions changed from the time shortly after his death uh, and, uh, and through a number of different months before his communications gradually dropped off. Another personality mentioned there is Betty White, a psychic in the 1920s who herself wrote two books while alive. Six months after, <coughs> after she died, she got in touch with her husband, Stuart Edward White, who had already written a number of books. And through another leading psychic, who was also their personal friend, she provided a number of colorful details about, about her existence in her new environment. She described different stages that souls progress to. 
and she had access to a number of intelligences there who also communicated some very interesting and remarkable points about the influence that the spirits can have on our reality. Another personality mentioned in the early sessions was uh, Frederick Myers, who communicated for over 30 years after his death around the year 1900. He provided plenty of evidential, which is information that proves who he was. And because he was a psychic researcher during life, he wanted to provide proof of the survival of his personality after death, and he did so convincingly in the famous, quote, cross-correspondences, which were described in detail in one of the early episodes. Over the years, Myers described seven stages of advancement for souls, and it's interesting that what Betty White and Raymond Lodge uh, provided for information pretty much agreed with a lot of what Myers had to say. Also mentioned in the early episodes was Edgar Cayce, the famous healer, who was able to go into trance and diagnose people's illnesses and prescribe unorthodox cures, which often worked. There are about 16,000 records of his readings in Virginia Beach, Virginia, at the Association for Research and Enlightenment. Cayce went into trance, and it's interesting that while he was in trance, he was able with his consciousness to travel through time and space. In the early episodes, I also introduced you to Bob Monroe, the most famous out-of-body traveler in Western civilization during the 20th century. And Bob traveled with what he called the inspect, intelligent species, who guided him on his journeys and answered a lot of his questions. Also mentioned is uh, Joe McMonagall, a famous time traveler who wrote the book The Ultimate Time Machine and other books. And both he and Bob went to different probable versions of the year 3000. And their information they provided about their environment at the time in the year 3000 was quite interesting. The last personality I'll mention is uh, Bruce Mowen and Bruce who authored four books that I'm aware of, is probably best remembered for his ability to recount how he traveled a cord that connected himself to a, quote, bigger self that also had many other selves, such as Bruce, in existence at the same time. I personally knew Bob Monroe, Joe McMonagall, and Bruce Mullen, and they were all solid, down-to-earth personalities who lived uh, highly productive lives, so their input is quite credible. After reviewing those people that I've mentioned and a number of others, I turned to the input that we got from the entity Seth. Seth is a spirit entity who spoke through the psychic Jane Roberts from 1963 to 1984. Several books were published by a leading publisher, Prentice Hall, and they were word-for-word what Seth communicated. Two that I highly recommended were Seth Speaks and The Nature of Personal Reality, with uh, Jane Roberts listed as the author. There were so many concepts and ideas that were put forth by Seth that a person could spend a lifetime studying them. And so many of the subsequent episodes were devoted to studying the implications of what Seth said about various things. 
just a few of the basic concepts he introduced to us was the notion that we are all focus personalities. In other words, we are a part of a bigger self focused in what's called the human time-space illusion by Bob Monroe, focused in a reality where we think there's time and space and good and evil and everyone's separate. But we are just one focus personality of the big self who has other focus personalities going on in other centuries and varying according to intelligence, uh, sometimes female, some male, sometimes smart, sometimes not so smart. Very interesting. The big self doesn't want to experience the human earth life just from the perspective of one person. And as I mentioned, he also introduced the, uh, the human time-space illusion concept, explaining that when we as spirits enter into the earth life, we have to agree to the root assumptions. And some of the root assumptions that are key are there is space, there is time, there's good and evil, I'm different from you. And while as spirits that we participate in this earth life, we have to agree to run by the rules that is, the, the ground rules or the root assumptions of what prevails here on Earth. Another concept is probabilities, the fact that for every time that you thought strongly and emotionally about taking a particular direction, but you didn't take it, there's another version of you that did. And so there are many probable versions of yourself, and altogether, all the probable versions equal the real total you. In all of his 20 years of communicating, Seth made only one prediction because of probabilities, explaining that one or another probability might be experienced by a particular version of us. But the one prediction he made was that the third personality of the Christ entity, Saul who became Paul, will be coming back around the year 2075 to set things straight. He explained the Christ spirit entity was so powerful it did not come in just to one focused personality, personality, but rather three, and that included John the Baptist, Jesus Christ that we know historically, and Saul who became Paul. Paul was supposed to set up the church, but the church being a human organization has gotten kind of off track, as you'd expect any human organization to do, and uh, in 2075 he'll be coming back to correct some notions. Seth also explained that consciousness creates matter, not the other way around, as many scientists think. And he also introduced the concepts of electromagnetic energy units and consciousness units as the basic building blocks used in order to go from, <clears throat> from the spirit world to the material world. Seth also explained that there are an infinite number of realities, not just the one that we experience. And he also explained that God is the simultaneous infinite explosion of all that is, a primary energy gestalt that contains within itself all realities, and those are the ones we know and the ones we don't know. Nothing exists outside of God, and many of the realities that God creates are non-form. In other words, they don't have a form. Others do, like ours. They take on material form. Naturally, concepts like that require a lot of discussion to fully explore and understand to the best of our ability. 
And so many of the episodes to date have covered these various ideas and their implications. One of those concepts that Seth explained was that our cells, the cells that make up our bodies, they contain all the information that we need to make real, to realize the most favorable version of ourselves. And in our next episode, I'll expand on that idea uh, a little bit more than I already have. Well, that concludes today's episode. And once again, I'm Dan McEnany bringing you lessons from the helpful dead.